I have to, uh, I bought a Red Bull because I still have to go back to the gym and it's fucking late and I'm worn oh. out from earlier. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if y'all know, but Totally Biased Music is now, this is now a Jim Bro podcast. Yeah. Because Blake and I worked out for the first time together today. Yeah, so we're just basically going to spend the next 45 minutes talking about the pros and cons of the workouts we did, you know, how we performed, um, <laughs> things of that nature. <laughs> no, we will get into that later, but ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome back. Um, this is Totally Biased Music. We are your hosts, Blake and Christian, and today um, we are reviewing an album I am very excited for, and I'm, I'm interested to hear Christian's opinion on this, because based on his name, which is Eeltopia, he doesn't seem very excited about it, but we're reviewing Utopia by one of my favorite fucking artists ever, Travis Scott. Um, so a brief Apple Music intro. Looking at hip-hop and rap music specifically, few could deny the extraordinary impacts of Travis Scott's music and what it had on a younger generation of emerging artists, the radical vocal and production style choices so overtly informed by his own vision. His commercial success at least partially hinged on his, the futuristic, otherworldly sound and image he cultivated, with listeners tuning in just to hear what fresh level of game he'd unlocked. Thus, the collective anticipation for Utopia could not have been higher. Without fail, Scott delivers something only he could have delivered, a thoroughly riveting album that transmutes star power and experimental artistry into a marvelous musical moment. The opening boom bap, boom bap bombast of Hyena, the funkadelic crunch of modern jam, jam, and the proggy thump of Circus Maximus are just a few examples of how he so lavishly expanded his sonic universe with this record. So, that being said, Christian... This is probably your first time really like diving into a Travis Scott album, I would imagine. Um, so tell us, tell us about your first listen. How did how did you like it? Um, all right, let's see how we're gonna do this. I, honestly, I don't know if I've ever listened to a single like Travis Scott song outside of um, what's that song called? Sicko, Sicko mode. mode. Yeah, yeah. Outside of that, I I truly don't know. So this was my first dive in to the Travis Scott world. And I got to tell you, I don't understand. <laughs> and what I think what gets me here is on a lot of stuff, his voice is extremely modulated out. Yeah. On songs where it isn't, he sent, it's just like, you can see where his influence is, but it's almost like a shadow, not an influence. Because it seems so heavy on his work from production, from his vocals to his cadence on some songs. It's really reminiscent of uh, Kid Cudi and on others, it's really reminiscent of Kanye. And yep. it's so much so that I lost respect for him as an artist through listening to this. Now, if that's his thing, and that's just what he's kind of known as, then, you know, all, all fine with me. But I think that's where I was just like every single one, I was like, oh, this is heavy Cuddy, or oh, this is heavy Kanye. And so like that, apart from all of the features, which it bothers me a little bit on some albums when it's just riddled with features. It's like, is this even a work of yours? You know? Yeah. I will say, the production on most of these is fucking bonkers. The flips, the like, yeah. where where there are songs where it's like, you know, 
we get a minute 30 in and I'm like, I don't know. And then he flips the fucking switch on. I'm like, oh, I love the song. I can deal with the intro because the second part rides so hard. Yeah. No, I feel that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. And you can give me your, you know, is that like his thing or? Yeah, you know, it's actually really interesting to hear you say that as somebody who is just now listening to like a full Travis album because that's kind of like, that is like the perfect way to describe him. He's almost like the baby of Kanye West and Kid Cudi. Like yeah. Travis Scott, Travis Scott comes from, the Scott comes from Scott Miscutty. Like it's it was one of his biggest okay. influences. But the the Kanye influence, you know, I don't know if you noticed, there's a line on Schizo where he says, bitch, I'm loyal. I got yay over Biden. Like him and <laughs> him and Kanye are, and, and Kanye's influence on this album in particular, his, his production is all over it. There's there are, like you said, voice moments and production moments that remind me so much of Kanye, and and rival a lot of what he's done, and I think like he's almost like a Gen Z version of these two artists, right? Like Kanye and Cudi were our were our artists, and he is he's tapped into a much younger generation of hip hop fans, kind of with that inception of this sound, but. This album in particular, it's funny, like you listening to this because this is like his. A lot of people compared it to Yeezus. Like the production yeah. is very similar to Yeezus. The vocals are very similar to Yeezus. And if you go back and listen to Rodeo or Birds in the Trap or Astro World, they're all very different than this. Like this was so far out of left field, which is kind of why I liked it. But you're right. Like, and we can get more into this later, but the production on it is, is crazy. It's crazy, it's dude, throughout the whole the whole album. And you're right, there's 19 tracks. I think there are, let's see, six tracks that don't have features on them. Which means 13 out of the 19 have features on them. And I get what you're saying. That's like, I, I feel the same. Like, normally it's weird. I feel the same way. But, like, I thought the features, a lot of the features in this worked really well. So I didn't mind it as much. And it's a lot of hip-hop artists that I really like. So I didn't have a huge complaint about it, but I get what you're saying. It's like, how how much of this is you, you know? And I know there's there's other writer credits and things like that. So I get, I definitely get what you're saying there. And I think it just, uh, you know, you know what it just reminds me of. And it's like, if that's the case, that's fine. But let's, you know, I wish people would kind of call it more that. It reminds me of mixtape shit, where you fucking yeah. dropped a mixtape. You had like all the homies on it. it. Wasn't some like official release, but when it's like, I think it just bums me out because when it's a big album of yours. You said this was what his fourth release. Yep. And probably highly anticipated. And it's almost just like this, like hype culture behind it, but it loses where it's like, did you have a vision for this? With that many people, it's like, is there one? Can you even have a vision for an album? Yeah. With that many fucking features. Yeah. And there's a rumor that, um, there's a rumor that, he started Utopia, and then the Astro World concert stuff happened, and then oh, he sure. he basically started over. So, because Utopia, the kind of the rollout and start of it happened probably two years after Astro World, and then the album Astro World, and the Astro World incident happened, and then so it was rumored <laughs> that he scrapped it, and or or if you're a leftist Twitter lib, the Astro World massacre, <laughs> as they call it. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Scott personally massacred those people. Um, him. So I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, it kind of it kind of seems like there's a you know the direction is it's like there's not a solid direction on it. Um, 
I do want to say before we get into it, if I can fucking find it, Jesus Christ, I have so many tabs open. Okay. Um, Utopia was is the most commercially successful hip-hop album of the year with nearly 500,000 album equivalent units sold and 650 million global streams in its opening its opening week. It spent four weeks at number one. Um, so at this point, it's gold. Um, it'll prob- probably reach diamond in a short amount of time. So I think it's just interesting to see, even after everything that happened, this chokehold that Travis still has on the hip-hop industry, especially with a younger generation, but I mean, I expected it to do numbers, but I didn't expect it to do this many fucking numbers. Like that's yeah, kind of crazy. Fucking wild. And it's also like, I think an ode to the people on it, the production that, that's on it, the features on it, you know? Yeah, for sure. But, um, let's launch into it. Let's, um, let's start with bottom tracks. Actually, let's mix it up a little bit. What do you got for your bottom, your bottom tracks? Okay. Um, so I have top three and then just about everything's kind of, kind of pretty close in the bottom for your boy, but <laughs> okay. so I have, um, hold on, let me pull this track list up. I have hyena immediately. And I know that's like an intro track, but for me, it was just fucking jarring. The intro on that is so r-worded it literally <laughs> you know that uh the kind of like talk scene that will Ferrell does in elf when he's like in the mall yes. he's like i'm singing i'm in a store yeah i'm singing i'm in a store and i'm singing yes. that's literally with this intro it made me want to fucking kill myself okay that's fair next is sirens it was okay. just fucking overwhelming. It was one of those songs, and I feel like we've come across this on a few albums that we have reviewed. And it's just that, like, there's so much going on that you can't really focus anywhere, and each part takes away from every other part. It was just... Yeah. No, I feel yeah, that. I, I don't even know if I could, like, make it through it. I was like, this has got to go. And then, um, let's see, for my last one, it was probably that K-pop, because, like, I don't know, this yeah. song's called K-pop. I'm just, I don't really fuck with The weekend. I really don't fuck with Bad Bunny or that whole vibe at all. And yeah. so those were just no's for me. That's fair. I, I want to do something interesting. So Billboard, when this album came out, just probably two weeks after, released an article and they ranked all 19 Utopia songs in order from worst to best. Okay. So let's go through Wait, where they, this? Billboard. So okay, I want to, yes. I want to tell you where they ranked your bottom three tracks. Okay. So Sirens, they have it number 12. So they, they think it's pretty low as well. They say having Travis Scott rap vigorously about juggling sexual urges after sampling New England's Explorer Suite is the type of chaos that made the Houston polymyth such a compelling talent in the first place. Siren's glitchy drive make for a disorienting listen, but it will leave you dazed and satisfied if you're able to stomach it. Not to mention Scott's energy on the microphone will make you beat your chest. <laughs> I thought that was funny that they said if you're able to stomach it. Okay. They had K-pop at number 11, so also kind of in their bottom bottom half. Mm-hmm. 
Arguably the lightest song on Utopia, K-pop feels like an intermission, a joyful romp that gives Bad Bunny and the weekend space to highlight their talents. The weekend's closing verse is especially playful as he diverts away from the current brand of post-apocalyptic storytelling for the fun, drug-fueled antics of Starboy and even Kissland in a way that brings on feelings of nostalgia. So that's their thoughts on that. And then this one is going to shock you. (laughs) Hyena is at number six. They put it in the t- almost in the top fucking five, and I'm not gonna read Dude, the no full way. thing because because it's really long. Um, but yeah, they they say the first sentence is hyena reaffirms that no rapper can open an album like Travis Scott. <laughs> so that's their yeah. thoughts on that. Yes, they can though. <laughs> fucking Will Ferrell and Elf. Yeah, <laughs> did it already. Um, so my bottom three tracks. Um, I think like it was interesting upon first listen because I went into this so excited and so hyped for it that this album starts really fucking slow for me. Like hyena through sirens are just like average songs to me, you know, like I'm not amazed by them. Like I modern jam reminds me a lot of on site by Kanye West. Have you ever heard that song? Like the production's crunchy. It's super weird. Like I like that. Um, but the album doesn't start to heat up until like seven tracks in. So my eyes is at the bottom and I know my eyes is supposed to be like a Travis Scott ballad. I'm sorry about Astroworld, all this like sad boy, like reflective shit, but like four tracks in, I'm like hyped. I'm ready to listen to this album. And my eyes comes on and now I'm crying in the club and I don't know what's going on. (laughs) I don't know where I am. So I put my eyes, um, as one of my bottom three. Um, K-pop, K-pop is on there as well. I, I'm, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah. I don't like the fucking vibe. I don't like, there are some weekend songs that I really like, like that really early weekend, like I'm doing cocaine and banging chicks weekend. Like yeah, I yeah. get with, I'm down with that, but like, I'm just not a huge weekend fan. Um, and then probably he has a real big rapey vibe. There's something about that he guy. Does. That if if allegations came out tonight, I would ne- I would be surprised. Be like, oh yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. <laughs> Have out. you ever seen the tweet? He tweeted like this was ten years ago. He tweeted, "I will find you and I will fuck you." And Young Thug, <laughs> Young Thug, resp- I think it's Young Thug responded to it and said, "Quote: I will find you and I will fuck you." This dude's retarded. <laughs> <laughs> but that's weird. That's big time rapey vibes. Super rapey vibes. It's like um, demeanor. I feel like the way he looks at himself in the mirror, probably. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then I gotta throw sirens on there as well. I'm just not a huge, not a huge fan of it. And like they said, like if you can stomach it, I'm sure it's great. Um, but not for me. So the only one we didn't cover, my eyes on Billboard's list is number five on uh on their list of best songs on YouTube. Really? So they put it in top five. Um, and Bonnie Vare is, or uh, the fuck is Justin Vernon um, is involved in that track. So, and you can kind oh, of yeah. tell it seems like a Bonnie yeah. Vare type fucking song. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's that the album, like, like I said, it starts off really slow for me. So it is what it is. Uh, what do you got for, for top songs? <laughs> I'm interested to hear this. <laughs> I, mean, I have my eyes is number one. Really, I, I love the beat on that. I think no it's like way. I think like as far as what he's talking about, I, I kind of wrote that off from the when I got like two songs in. 
I, I just I don't really resonate with with this that much, and he I feel like jumps topics so much on yeah. when he's talking about things that I'm it, he goes from like you know eating some caviar to like butthole whispering to a stripper you know i'm like uh i I don't know how we got here but i mean do your thing man you know do your (laughs) fucking thing my eyes is number one for me it also has so there's this producer vegan v-e-g-y-n who who helped on that track and he has his own little side project that i love he drops these like fucking insane albums of like 30 plus songs and it's this weird low fidelity just like kind of fucking banger tracks but it's like this lo-fi bang yeah so just kind of what you hear in this yeah yeah um listen man this is it is what it is like i I don't fuck with drake but i fuck with drake when he's like a feature and that meltdown track that that shit rides like i I don't care if you fuck with drake or not like that song fucking rides. you gotta you gotta give credit where credit's due sometimes you know as painful as it is that shit came on and i was like Oh, here we are. Yeah, like yeah. let's do this. It's very yeah. much that like Drake, Drake like hype type song too. I do. I love the song. I hate the fact that he has a lyric in there that says, "You act like you love this American shit." Really, the truth is, you're scared of the six. Who the fuck is scared of Toronto, man? Is there anybody? <laughs> is anybody scared of Toronto? Safest place on earth. <laughs> Literally. Jesus. <laughs> and then um, I've got thank God. It took me – it was one of those songs where I was like, you kind of had to wait for that switch. And yep. with like a minute 30 left, I was like, Phew. I was like, God tier, this is fucking awesome. Interesting. I'm very surprised with your picks, man. Those are very early album, like the ones that I was not super vibing with, except for Meltdown. Yeah, but yours are probably like Schizo – honestly, it's probably 14 through 16. Literally Schizo Forever, Lost Forever, and Love. Because you're like that. <laughs> you sound like Trey. We were at the gym earlier and Trey tried to play a Bonnie Bear song on Spotify. And I was like, bro, I need hype music. I'm at the gym. And he said, all you ever want is hype music. Like He was mad about it. It was like, all right. Yeah. You're like, did you think I was going to be like, thanks so much for sending me this Bonnie Bear song while I'm fucking trying to do bench press right now? Thanks. Um, okay. So top three for me, man. I got to tell you. As as a Travis Stan, this is really hard for me. Like I really like this album, and there's a lot of good tracks on here. So number one is Schizo. You you nailed it. Schizo is fucking is great. I love the beat. I love when he first comes in. Like the way that he he raps over that beat, his cadence, like everything about it is great. I love Young Thug on this song. Like he just does a great job. And this is one of those tracks we're talking about. The beat switches twice, so there's like three different beats in this song which is really crazy to me. It's kind of like a wild adventure that this takes you on. Um, So I really, really fucking love Schizo. Um, Number two, Circus Maximus with The Weeknd and Sway Lee. This is his his, uh, black skinhead. Like the beat is, is very similar to black skinhead. It's very like hyped up. When I fucking... And doing cardio, I start with Circus Maximus. I'm like, all right, I'm fucking ready to roll. And there's a part where he screams, like going into the weekend course, he screams. And then he goes, woo! And every time I'm like, fuck yeah, boy, let's go! So it just fucking gets me excited. Um, I love that song. And then um, my third one is I Know. So I Know is one of the tracks with no feature on it. And 
I was actually talking to Gabe earlier about this. I know is like the only track on this album that reminds me of other Travis Scott songs. Like it sounds really similar to Astro World stuff, and there's no yeah. features on it. It just kind of sounds like a classic Travis Scott song. So I really enjoy it. Um, honorable mention, obviously, Meltdown is fucking great. Um, love with Kid Cudi, even though Cudi only has like a thirty fucking second verse, he does a really yeah, good job. That was weird. That was it. Was yeah. so I was just kind of like, wait, was he in there? Yeah, it's at the very end for like thirty seconds, but I I really like his feature. And then um, till further notice, with James Blake at the end. James Blake has obviously sings on it, writes on it, and he has production credits on it. And his voice is. Dude, his voice is beautiful in the way that he yeah, uses that his beat voice is, is amazing. Is beautiful. Um, I do want to say something, and this is going to polarize some hip hop heads. If hip hop heads listen to this, Playboy Cardi sucks ass, man. I'm tired of pretending like Playboy Cardi is good. I'm tired of him being on songs. It like I listen, so I listen to a whole lot of Red, which is supposed to be like his best album. That shit is ass. His feature on Fiend is ass. And, like, the, the thing about Fiend is Travis's verse, he comes in and he has one of my favorite lines on the whole album. He says, the career is more at stake when you're in your prime, which I fucking love. And then later <laughs> on that same verse, he says, I'm the one that introduced you to the to the you right now, which I also fucking love. Like, Travis's verse is great. And then Playboy Cardi comes in and blows the whole fucking song to shit. Like, I can't I was so him. lost. I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? It was so fucking unnecessary, dude. Um, okay, so, hang on. You said, what, My Eyes, and then um, what were your other topics? My Eyes Meltdown, thank God. So, thank God for Billboard is number 14 out of 19. And Meltdown... Is number fucking seventeen, man. They have Meltdown. That is the second worst song on the fucking album. Well, this is just this doesn't make sense anymore. You have that's any insane. of those? If you have Hyena or Sirens above that, that's fucking delusion. That's what I'm saying. Um, so then they have um, the top three for them: three is Schizo, two is Modern Jam, and one is Telekinesis with Future and SZA. I do want to talk about that song. Did you did you like that song with Future and Sizzle on it? I was, yeah. I mean, I thought it was fine, but I, I just it wasn't like huge to me. I didn't think like I, I didn't love Sizzle's part either. But I mean, they're saying that's number one. Yeah, number one overall. Idiots. I think Idiots. they're saying. I think they're just saying that because fucking Sizzle's on it, and the world is on like a Sizzle kick right now. You know? Yeah, they really, really are. It's like uh, that you can't badmouth her like like Lizzo used to be, but now it's popular. So who knows? Maybe this is a thing will change. Yeah, now we're now we can cancel um, Lizzo, which I think is fucking great. Uh, me amazing. and you have been waiting for this day. We've been yeah, waiting to cancel is, Lizzo. <laughs> I was built for this shit. <laughs> uh, okay, so Pitchfork gave it a fucking five point seven. And they say, in an attempt to give the world a true blockbuster rap album, the Houston rapper delivers a shiny, empty spectacle loaded with pop superstars who rarely make an impact. Um, I couldn't find... I couldn't find... (laughs) I couldn't find a Rolling Stone article, or I couldn't find a Rolling Stone review, like, where they give it a a number. They have two different articles. One came out, like, right as the album came out. One came out about two weeks later. The first headline is... Travis Scott's utopia is an empty paradise. He's a brilliant curator, but doesn't have anything interesting to say. And then the second article is 
is Travis Scott's own rapping the weak point on Utopia. Travis Scott's new album, Utopia, has innovative production and guests from Beyonce to Future to SZA, but critics are singling out its creator as a hollow presence at its center. So before we get into reviews, I just want to I want to talk to you. How much does the the lyrical meaning and depth to a hip hop album matter to you when it when it comes to to rating a hip hop album? Because I think it's an interesting point that all of these articles bring up and I want to hear your thoughts on it. I think in the creation of an album as a whole, I think it matters. I think in the creation of a single or a smaller styled release, I don't think it matters at all. I mean, and it's kind of what I was going back to. And it's like calling this an album doesn't really feel right to me because there's just like a, there doesn't, it's this, and this isn't saying that these songs are good or bad. It's just this idea of if you're putting together this piece of work cohesive or not, because that also tells a story behind it you know utilizing a lot of features it just like it feels like a bunch of if he would have released these over the course of two years you wouldn't know the difference and you wouldn't think they were correlated so yeah like i think in the creation of an album in itself a little bit i think there should be some cohesiveness enough to tell a story or for it to completely not be and it feels like neither of these it feels like unintentional i guess yeah, like it's somewhere in the middle of having an, an overall meaning and not having a meaning at all. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I I think that I like the way, like to me when it comes to hip hop music, obviously you guys give me shit constantly for only listening to hip hop, which I understand a lot of people do. But to me, like, I, I account for a lot of things, some, some albums and some artists, it's lyricism, it's the meaning behind it. But I take into thing, I take into consideration things like the production, the, the cadence, the flow, the voice, the use of their voice, things of that nature. And I don't think Travis has a ton of like meaningful things to say on this album. And I don't think he had a ton of meaningful things to say on Astroworld either. And Astroworld is one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time. I had Astro tattooed on my body. Thankfully, I got that covered up after, you know, the whole massacre. Um, but it's it's that was one of my you favorite albums. Right after, actually, you got yeah. it right after the massacre. You're like, yo, I got to remember this. Um, so, like, I don't you know, I don't that doesn't hold like the most weight to me. Um, I think what Travis does, he does really well. And I think that he has the ability to tap into his voice and his production and his flow in a way that Kid Cudi and Kanye West didn't have the ability to do because they were worried about making and writing lyrics that kind of told a cohesive story on a, on a lot of their projects, especially Kid Cudi. And sometimes that was to Cudi's downfall. And, and the same on the other side of that coin, this is sometimes to Travis's downfall. Like the, music critics are ripping him to shreds for not having any substance to his music. And I understand that, but to me, I just enjoy kind of the way that he makes music. I like his type of rap music. And I think that's kind of like a, a personal preference type of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that goes with what you're saying. Like, this is not something new, you know, as far as like he taps into that production side and his voice side of things but it's not in a way that like Cuddy did or Kanye did with 
trying to tell these stories. He's doing it in a different way. And so for these people to be kind of ripping him over this album, over doing what he does and does He's known well, to do. It's yeah, a little exactly. ridiculous. Like for me, if I, if I had known that, you know, I think there's a difference in, you know, do you expect lyrics from that? And knowing that that's just not like what he's doing with music is, is a lot different. Yeah. It would be like, it would be different if he went from an album like 808s and Heartbreak which tells a story about <laughs> fucking like love and loss and fame and heartbreak and all this stuff and then goes to utopia. But that's not what Astroworld was. That's not what Birds in the Trap was. Like none of his albums were that type of album. So to me, it's like yeah. I don't it's hard to knock points off of that when that's never been the type of artist he is, I, I think is kind of. But I understand people's critique of it. Um, OK, so final final rankings. What do you where do you place it? Six out of ten. Okay. All right. I was going to say don't break my heart. (laughs) No. Six out of ten. Like in the production-wise and stuff like that, I love – you know, that's one thing where as far as features and stuff like that, I I think I like seeing that more when you're going through and you're like, oh, like this – like obscure electronic style producers, like on a lot of these that makes these lo-fi beats or like seeing, seeing John Mayer on a track as like a, you know, co-producer or assistant producer or something like that. Like that's where I love seeing features kind of come out. And I always like to dive into artists like that, you know, as far as the music itself and like his lyricism, it's too over like shadowing from the influence of Kid Cudi and Kanye for me to think that he'll ever, and I know that like how big he is, but to me, like would ever be considered some a great artist. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I would be really interested to see if you listen to Astro World front to back, what your thoughts on that would be, because it's very different than this album. And I, w- I would wonder if you would kind of have the same the same opinion of that album that you do of this one. I'll, um, gi- I'll give it a rip tomorrow. I I got to place it. I, I'm giving it an eight. I fucking love Travis. I love Utopia, but like Astro World to me is a 10 and I don't think Travis and I knew going into it. I told some people I work with, like there's never going to be an album. I, I think that Travis makes that tops Utopia or that tops Astro World. Um, and if it weren't for the the first like six tracks of this, like right when Meltdown comes on, that is when that album like catches its stride and starts to take the fucking, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. And it takes off. And I think the first six tracks to me, slowed it down a little bit and changed my perception of it, which is interesting when I talk to other people, they don't feel that way. Like I I have a few friends that love the beginning of it. And obviously like you picked two of your top three tracks off of those. So, um, but for me personally, yeah, it's a, it's an eight, it's a great album. I've been running it fucking into the ground since it came out, but uh, it'll just, it'll never be Astro World, man. That's, that's my opinion, but great album. Great album. Um, you got anything else to say? Any final thoughts you want to share? I don't think so. It was fun to, to kind of dive into that though. I mean, I don't think we've had one in a while that one of us has completely not been immersed in or like really listened to at all. So that was, that was like yeah. really interesting. Yeah. I was, I was excited to hear your thoughts on it. I would have been, uh, <laughs> I would have loved to hear Trey come and give it a one out of 10 and talk about how there were no top tracks. I hate that he's not here. Cause that's exactly what he oh, yeah, I know, man. I missed that. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> okay, so that was uh, that was Utopia by Travis Scott. If if you haven't listened, please go listen. Share your thoughts. You can you can add comments and shit on the pod. I don't know if you guys know that it's down at the bottom somewhere. I don't fucking know where, but we see them. Um, so yeah, let us know. All right, Christian, what uh, let's oh let's go into Rise or Dies first. Let's go into Rise or Dies. Um, okay, intro your track for us. So. Let me preface this by saying, like, I do not fuck with this artist pretty much ever. And I just recently was scrolling the depths of good old SoundCloud and came across this. And I don't know why. I think it was the art on it is by this guy following an Instagram called Aaron Brooks who does this like wacky, crazy, like faces and distorted. It's almost kind of dark shit. He did the album artwork for the song. And so I was like, oh, let's go to ride. And it's Subtronics doing a remix of Blackout Days by Fantagram. And it motherfucking rides. It's a little <laughs> basic. It's got a little heat to it. Makes me feel like a, you know, a pumpkin spice fall girl that, you know, likes to get a little dirty anal on the side sometimes. Yeah, every once in a while. Every once in a while. (laughs) And so, yeah, um, that's it. Blackout Days, Subtronics Remix, the original's Fantagram. Yeah, so um, you sent this to me. I knew this was the type of track it was going to be because it's you. And that's (laughs) that's what you listen to. And... I will say it. T- it takes a while to get into a song. There's like a it, minute. Almost too long. Yeah, there's like a minute long build up where I was kind of like, "All right, like what? What are we doing here? Are we gonna get to the point?" Yeah. But then when it got to the point, I was like, "Oh, this is exactly what I expected, baby!" And it was fucking yeah. it. It ripped. It was it was great. So it definitely rides on my end. I saw you listening to it at the gym earlier, and I was like, "Man, he he fucks with this song heavy." So. Oh, dude. <laughs> Oh, trust me. If I find one that I'm like that about, I will run it into the ground by the next day and then I won't listen to it for a year. So yeah, I do the same thing. Um, so yeah, rides for me. Um, my song was bombs over Baghdad by outcast. So I'm going through an outcast phase right now. I don't know what happened. I, I listened to AT aliens at work the other day. I was like, let me just start running through all of Outkast discography and start adding tracks to hip hop from Blake and Company, like the songs that I like or whatever. And um, so I, I got to Bombs Over Baghdad and I forgot how fucking hard this song rips and just how fast and chaotic it is. And I just love everything about it. So what did you think? Oh, wait, I lost you. You're muted. You're muted. Oh. That was weird. Um, <laughs> this track fucking rides. I need to be so kind of what you were just saying. There's so many old artists that I used to just blast constantly, like before Spotify was a thing. And it takes me like something like this to kind of like, oh, I need to go back and just like rediscover Outcasts and go all the way through. Just have me an Outcast day. I've got my hootie hoo hat. I can fucking rep that. Nice. And yeah this fucking track always like always fucking rides i love the start of the second verse it goes uno dos traces on did you ever think of pimp rock a microphone and the way that he says it like with the beat is just like it's so fucking sick dude so yeah yeah. that's that's been in the rotation for sure Um, oh yeah okay so that was roger dies now we got a we got a few i got 
like two videos to show you. We got some things to talk about, but let's let's get into <laughs> the let's get into the gym session that we had earlier, ladies and gentlemen. Oof. This man, Christian, I made the mistake <laughs> of telling Christian, listen. You you bring me on to your weightlifting routine. I'll bring you on to my cardio routine. We'll bounce back and forth, and let's see what what can happen. Because I started doing two days, so I'm I'm lifting weights in the morning. I'm doing cardio at night. Christian is is a big weightlifting guy, so he brought me to the gym today and and put me on a chest workout that fucking obliterated me. And it was a mistake <laughs> to partake in that. I don't regret it because you know what? I feel great. I'm gonna feel like shit tomorrow. But it was it was great. So Christian, is that how did how did you think it went? And is that your normal fucking routine, or were you trying to pump it up a little bit because I was there? Be honest. It was not my it was not my full routine. First of all, I left off. You know, we were trying to get on the inclines. I usually do two different variations of that. You know, the dips I push a little harder. But it was it was pretty close. And I will say, you hung in there. I'm proud of you. I, I tried. I I was doing a lot less weight, but I tried to hang in there, bro. <laughs> and there's something about just like getting in the gym. There, there's some some weird. Um, what's the word? Um, you know, you're. It's a little bi curious thing. You're not really sure what's going on, but working out in the gym with your bud, you know, yeah. rubbing elbows, throwing weight around sweating God, on each damn. other you high five you a little bit of each other sweat in your mouth like just a little bit yeah. like yeah nice yeah. deep throat <laughs> each other's fingers making sure that there's <laughs> there's no more water on them so they can drift away correctly yeah exactly it was it nice was little sauna session after yeah i will i gotta flex on christian uh for him but this man did dumbbell bench press today with 100 pound dumbbells which it was fucking crazy. I mean, I just, yes, sir. I was doing them with like 45s or 50s. Like the dude was doubling my fucking weight. So it was. First time touching those too. Usually I stop at like 95s and I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. Fucking banged out three reps. It was, it was very Easy. impressive. So very it was impressive. Fun. <laughs> and the people at my gym, also, you know, what, go ahead. They were horrible. The people at your gym are fucking horrible. <laughs> This fucking jackass motherfucker standing at this squat rack doing the he, he's piling on weight. He, the guy's ego lifting, doing fucking half rep squats. And I'm like, okay, you look like an idiot, but there's an <laughs> incline bench next to him. So Blake and I mosey over and we're like, hey man, you're using this. And he goes, Yes. And I was like, Are you sure we're talking about the same thing? Because you are not using this. And he goes, Yes, I am. The incline bench, yes, I'm using this. And so then we leave and he doesn't touch this incline bench for another 30 fucking minutes. And let me tell you people, worst kind of person deserves to be killed instantly right the there. The worst kind of person. Like it's just, it's clear you're not using it. It's it's like the same type of people that will set up at a bench and they'll do oh. three sets, but they take 15 minutes in between each set. They're setting up, they're building a fucking house on this bench. So I can't do shit. I'm waiting for them to get done, and they just never finish. I finish my workout before they finish their three sets. Like, those are just the worst types shot. of people, honestly. Uh, but I will say, Christian, I think, was intimidating. Some people at my gym, some of the women at the gym were were impressed by him. You know, it was kind of a mixed bag of what he was receiving looks-wise from the people it, at my it gym. Was, I was like a puppy in a new place, you know. There's a lot going on. It was a really big gym compared to the gym I go to. It was all new things, but... But just know, 
that Blake and I are about to start our winter arc. Oh yeah. And we haven't even we haven't even begun to peak. To peak. <laughs> we have not. <laughs> We're swap we swapped summer bod and winter bod. We're gonna be the complete opposite. So when when somebody finally gets our sweaters off, they're gonna be like, God damn. This <laughs> This dude took winter seriously, so be ready for us to be so obnoxious about that because it's coming. Um, okay, I got two videos to show you. Um, while I set this up, I do want to talk about briefly mine and yours wonderful uh, U.S. Congress Representative Lauren Boebert and the shenanigans oh. that she has been up to. Can we just talk about Lauren Boebert? Hero of the working class, given her date in OTPHJ at the Beetlejuice musical. And they're trying to shame our congresswoman for trying to give it's her date ridiculous. a little fun. What is the world coming to where you're getting shamed for a little side action at the old Beetlejuice, especially in OTPHJ? She's just trying to relive her high school days. That's what I'm saying, which was like four years ago, by the way. And keep in mind, she had a kid during all that. So it was tough for her to get a little boob action at the theater. And quite frankly, as a as a U.S. constituent, as a Colorado constituent, I find it fucking disgusting that these these millennials have been bitching for years. Oh, everyone in Congress is so old and they're all about to die. We finally get a cool young senator that's trying to jerk off her boyfriend publicly and it's a problem all of a sudden. Pick a side, yeah. man. Pick a side. What 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 do you want here? Now you're gonna all everybody's gonna freak out. Like this is what we want. This is we voted for this intentionally. I voted for her with this being one of the intentions. I wanted this to happen. God. <laughs> okay, so this first video, um, this oh, is Jesus. this is uh, a Piers Morgan interview with Hans Neiman and Hans Neiman's lawyer. So Hans Neiman is a chess player, and about six months ago, he was accused of cheating. In a in an actual chess tournament, and I want you to listen to Piers Morgan bring this up to Hans Neiman. The question mark that got put over your head came after you beat Norway's world champion Magnus Carlsen. This is back in uh, Missouri in September 2022, so a year ago, uh, and you beat him, ending a 53-game unbeaten streak. And uh, as a result, you were accused of being a cheat, and you were accused of cheating in a particularly uh, fascinating manner, which is the allegation was that your coach had basically uh, instructed you to insert anal beads inside yourself, which he would then send remote signals to. Uh, first of all, when that story... You're fucking with me. ...those allegations... Why didn't we think of this in high school, bro? Honestly. We could have aced every test. We could have SCT. Are you kidding me? That's what I'm saying. So the, the accusation is that he used vibrating anal beads to cheat in a chess tournament. <laughs> and this is a 19-minute interview, and Piers Morgan brings up the anal beads five separate times <laughs> and asks him, after he denies it the first time, he circles back and says, so you're saying you've never used anal beads? And Hans Neiman is like, no, I've never used anal beads. And then later in the interview, he says, how would they have known? And he said, well, there's there's metal detectors. There's things of that nature. And he goes, would the anal beads come up on the metal detector? 
<laughs> which devolves into a shit show between Hans's lawyer saying, why don't you invite the anal bead people onto your show and ask them? And Piers Morgan saying, I will invite the anal bead people onto my show and ask them. <laughs> which I God, think is fucking it. great. I um, love it here sometimes. I really do. So last, uh, last video, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. This is some redneck debauchery that I think you're really going to love. So here we go. I, I'll just let the video speak for itself. Three, two, one, get it. Is that a person on there? No. <laughs> That's not a person on there. There's no way. It is, dude. Look. No, that's a dummy. Yes. Uh, is it? That's a dummy. That is. Damn it. It's still I was like, dude, video. that person's, if it's a person, they're dead. It's that's some shit that would be video. rigged up in the South, though. It's some like, it would just be, you know, when the uh, ditches and on the side of the road would flood, it would just be across the street. Like, yeah. you would have to be launched across. That's what would be be set up. <laughs> That's exactly what it reminded me of. Just some good old fashioned southeast fun right there, baby. Damn Very straight, nice. Brother. All right. Well, I'm about to um, about to go fucking do my cardio session. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna pop some popcorn and watch Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. I'm working my way through all the Fast and Furious movies right now. So yeah. uh, <laughs> gotta gotta get on that. Uh, you got any Dude, final pull that thoughts? soundtrack up while you're in the while you're in the gym. Pull up the, the Tokyo, the Tokyo Drift, Drift soundtrack. soundtrack? Stop that's yeah. true. That's you true. Mean, man, man, so. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, anything else you want to say? Any final closing thoughts? No. All right. Have Ladies fun. and gentlemen, that was it. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. It's good to be back. I'm not going to tell you when we're going to have a next episode out because we don't know how to stick to a schedule and we just keep lying to people. So we're back weekly. It's happening every single week now. Every single week. Christian's committing to it. So everybody be ready for it. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you then. Christian, see you tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody. Peace.